0: As we approach Father's Day, the need for actual manhood and masculinity is at an all-time high in the United States of America. Mike Pence declares a run for president, and I think Clay Travis might have ended it a little early.
1: Don't forget about Chris Christie. <laughs>
0: Chris Christie's running, too, because snowballs also matter. We have a new Gallup poll that suggests that there are more social conservatives now than there even were pre pandemic. We'll take a look at those numbers and President Joe Biden is literally building a bridge to nowhere.
1: All of that today
0: on the Palmetto Family Food Show. Welcome into the Friday edition of the fastest-growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina. I'm Justin Hall, alongside this strange individual who has wandered into the confines of Palmetto Family Council, Mitch Prosser. He tells me that's his name. It is Friday, (laughs) June 16th at 9.54 a.m. in the year of our Lord, 2023. Mm. Senator Shane Massey didn't quite know how to react to that. But if you've missed that interview, please go back and watch that. That's available on our Facebook page, our YouTube page, and it's available, of course, on the podcast feed. So make sure to go back and take a listen, take a look at that conversation with Senator Massey. It was a, an enlightening conversation. He gave us a look at kind of the inner workings of Senate and how it works and some of the nuances that go into that and why they work so slow. And uh, But he also gave us a peek into how his faith, influences his decision-making as both Senate Majority Leader and as one of 46, and uh, I think it was a, a fascinating conversation, so make sure to go back and watch that. we got a lot to get to today on, on a Friday edition. We'll try to keep it brief. Um, Mitch, I, I, I want to give you the floor, though, give you an opportunity to explain to the folks where, where you've you been. been? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I knew that was coming.
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh, this past week, we had the opportunity, if you're watching this on Friday or maybe uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, whenever, to... Um, This past week, uh, June June 11th through the 15th, uh, Palmetto Family, along with several local churches, hosted Palmetto Leads, which is a youth leadership seminar, a youth leadership experience. We hosted that in Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, along with uh, several other churches, had the opportunity to pour into the lives of uh, so many students when it comes to what it means to be a leader in this generation and moving forward. Um, we we at Palmetto Family believe that every every um, generation needs strong leaders, and ultimately, what we are in right now, the mess that we're in right now, can be attributed to a vacuum or a lack of leadership. And so, to bolster the next generation and to propel conservative ideology and ultimately a biblical worldview moving forward, we believe it is it is. P- So important for uh, us as an organization, partnering with local churches to further that biblical worldview training and leadership training and honing those skills in leaders of the next generation. So, we were with high school sophomores, juniors, seniors, uh, and their leaders this past week in Atlanta, telling them what it means to be a good leader, how they were created uniquely by God with a specific purpose. And how that purpose uh, and that creative mentality that God has given them uh, gives them the propensity to be a leader. So a, a lot of awesome stuff we we heard from people like Renton Rathbun at uh, Doctor Renton Rathbun at uh, at uh, Bob Jones University, uh, Chad Connolly with Faith Wins. I led several sessions on think, very practical things like time management, healthy tech usage, but also what it means to engage the culture, something we do every single day here at Palmetto Family, and uh, a DISC personality profile uh, Mm -hmm. telling them who they are, really cool stuff like that. Dr. Wendell Step from uh, First Baptist of Columbia and Village Church, uh, Matthew Phillips Village Church, uh, all kinds of – Dr. Eric Step Village Church – all kinds of great um, men, uh, Lorraine Wiseman, leading the Wise Way uh, Fortune 500. Uh, she she uh, is the CEO or founder of seven different uh, businesses. You That'll can, work. Uh, yeah, pretty pretty incredible stuff. So all those people, uh, and the, and then we were at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, uh, State Farm Arena. We went to the we took them to the the aquarium to show them uh, the. The wonderful world that God has created around them, all kinds of incredible stuff. Chick Fil A headquarters, uh, Trillith Movie Studios. Dan, Kathy got to meet Dan. They got to see Dan, Kathy for a few minutes.
0: Uh, Did Co- he shine any of their shoes? No, no, wow. didn't
1: wash. Didn't wash anybody. Didn't wash any either, either. No. but but really cool moment. Uh, he was actually <laughs> getting out of his car. They're building. They're building all these studios, and the whole purpose of Trilith, which literally means a gateway, uh, Trilith three stones and that whole gateway idea was to uh, build a a place for creatives to come Atlanta of all places to uh, and then to show them what it means to be loved by God and how they're created as creatives with a purpose. Um, Really, really incredible stuff. He was getting out of his car to go check. He's very hands-on. He put on a hard hat and a vest and was going into the job site where they're building a massive theater. I mean, Thousands of seats. And he walked in and walked back out and talked to our group. All that to say that an incredible time in Atlanta. And the whole point of that is training the next generation to be leaders with a biblical worldview perspective. And so um, if you're listening to this, if you want to know more about Palmetto Leads, you can check out our website. Uh, You can email me, mitch at palmettofamily.com. Dot org. Um would love for you to check that out. If you've got a church uh, youth group or civic organization and you want
0: students to be involved with that, we'd love to have you be part of Palmetto Leads. And and it was a obviously a, an impactful week yeah. that you were yeah, gone um, and, and doing some awesome work there with Palmetto Leads and Palmetto Family is intricately involved in that. And so um, Mitch was not on vacation. <laughs> so... <laughs> But that brings us to the next point because you arrive back in the Midlands just in time for this weekend where we celebrate on Sunday, yes. June 18th, the uh, a, a day for the parent who holds a masculine viewpoint. Now, we would know that as Father's Day. Dad. However— Okay. I mean, I get, we got to be careful because you know Mother's Day is the birthing, day, birthing person birthing. of an unspecified gender day. Okay. So I don't know what I'm. I'm still working through a Father's Day name. I haven't gotten there yet, so I'm just going to call it Father's Day. That that person over there. That person over there okay. who who likes sandwiches and <sighs> sleeping in his recliner. Yeah. Um. Watching. What we have noticed though is the neat yes or 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 I guess for today it would be um at this time of year. Major League Baseball. Okay. Um, but we, we see that there's a need for manhood in, in the United States. I don't think there's any doubt about that. There's a need for masculinity. And, you know, for what it's worth, for what's defined as toxic masculinity... I think we might need more of that. Yeah. Um. Because what we're seeing, you mentioned a vacuum of leadership. I think we're seeing a vacuum of manhood. Yeah. And somebody who's really attacking that full front is Senator Josh Hawley. Yeah. Absolutely. He's not on the show today. Uh. That was not an intro. But he's written a new book called Manhood: The Masculine Virtues America Needs. I'm just reading the synopsis here. A free society that despises manhood will not remain free. That's right. The American founders believed that a republic depends on certain masculine values. Senator Hawley thinks they were right. In a bold new book, he calls on American men to stand up and embrace their God-given responsibility as husbands, fathers, and citizens. No republic has ever survived without men of character to defend what is just just and true. Starting with the wisdom of the ancients, from the Greek and Roman philosophers to Jesus of Nazareth, drawing on the lessons of American history... Hawley identifies the defining strengths of men, including these four things, responsibility, bravery, fidelity, and leadership. Mm -hmm. As Theodore Roosevelt declared, quote, the very existence of the state depends on the character of its citizens. I am for business, but I am for manhood first. That's right. Hawley shows why the foolhardy assault on masculinity in education, media, workplace, and every level of government is an assault on freedom and freedom. Itself. I want to read this book. It's a great book. Um, I, I need to read it, and I can get it on Kindle for only fifteen dollars. And I can read, f- I can read it with a free app. Ooh, so I'm probably going to do that. Um, the reason the reason we're talking about this, Mitch, is because we're seeing a move, and we're going to this is going to segue into our next segment. Yeah. yeah, we're seeing a move back with everything that June entails. We are, of course, in the high holy month of Pride. Um we are seeing a move back to basic principle yeah i'm going to spoil it for you i can't speak as a woman because i am not one Correct. however i would like to think that women in a marriage relationship or in a dating relationship that is intended for marriage or even i guess one that's not it, women want men who are masculine masculine because and i hate to be, i hate to do this and it's probably going to get some people mad men are designed to be protectors yes. they're designed to be we're, we're designed to be protectors we're designed to be warriors we're designed to want to be brave i mean yeah. when you're when you're a young boy that is why we're drawn to and not saying women aren't. That's why we're drawn to sport. Why we're drawn to war movies. Why yep. we're drawn to playing cowboys and Indians in the backyard. <laughs> we're we're drawn to the things that make us feel like a warrior yep. and sort of quench that desire to be uh, strong and and durable. And then, but then it goes f- and brave. Then it goes further when you become a man and when you graduate into adulthood. We have a problem in society with men who remain boys. That's right. Where where we never, the boyhood never leaves. And there's something about having a childlike wonder. Christ talks about having the faith of a child. That's one thing. But we're talking about men who never assume responsibility, are never willing to take the risk. I'm not saying, and, and this is not me saying that you need to work out every day, you need to drink a gallon of water. This isn't a fitness podcast. What it is, though is that there, are, there is a vast void in our nation because boys are not becoming men. They're staying yeah. boys, and instead of getting out in the sunshine and touching grass and doing something with your life, mm-hmm. instead you're sitting at home on the couch playing video games. Nothing yeah. wrong with playing video games. fine, but don't make it a personality trait, right? Right. It, there is something to be said for fulfilling the role of manhood according to scripture. Yeah,
1: absolutely. If you are playing video games when you should be doing other things, that's wrong. If if you are playing video games when you could be spending time with your children or your wife or the or, Lord or the Lord, that's wrong. It's idolatry um, actually. It's idolatry okay. and just straight up laziness. Yeah. Um and but a couple of years ago, um I really started researching this and working through it and and Palmetto Family has always been a strong proponent of Biblical masculinity, biblical manhood, as ultimately, at not in some abusive or power-hungry or authoritarian way, but as a strong, uh, strong bedrock for the family and the the nuclear family union, union unity, mm-hmm. uh, unit that God set up. And uh, you know, I go back throughout the years of Palmetto family, and I see those those markers along the way, and, and it's really cool that we we kind of picked that up at the very same time. And um, you know, I, I think it's important for us to understand that there's a mess. Yes, there's a, there's a giant mess. Uh, you know, I, I deemed it the manhood meltdown, the crisis that men are in. Um, but but how we how we work through that? And and I just came up with five quick things, and you can read about this. Uh, it'll be in our you know, weekly email. It'll be on our website. Uh, grow up, uh, men, boys need to grow up. Uh, walk the path. Toward manhood. I mean, it's pretty simple. Uh, be actively present and avoid the trap of passivity. Uh, and and that is what the culture is trying to get men to be, passive. And I love, I saw sure. this, um, uh, one of those reels the other day, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. And it was this uh, uh, liberal young lady. She's a self-avowed liberal. And she said, um, the problem with me trying to find a man is, I saw this. is now, that there aren't any liberal Men, um, and she said they're all conservative men. Well, um, there's a reason for that. Well, so uh, it's because most in liberal and progressive ideology are told Leftist to secular back, ideology back away and be passive. Yeah. And that does not mean that we're knuckle dragging troglodytes that drag women around by their right. hair and abuse them and tell them you don't have nothing like that. In fact, I would argue that the the um, a strong man knows his place with strong women. Uh, Be actively present. Avoid the trap of passivity. Love passionately by pursuing a life of sacrificial love. Give, 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 give. Give until you can't give anymore. Get support by surrounding yourself with other men who will challenge you. Correct. We need mentors. Discipleship. Yeah, discipleship. uh, iron, Iron sharpens iron. Styrofoam doesn't. Sharpened styrofoam, so no, it just w- makes
0: a really awful noise.
1: If you, w- yeah, it does, it c- especially <laughs> coming out of the box. <sighs> yeah, yeah. If you, if you want to be weak, surround yourself with weak <clears throat> men. If yes. you want to be strong, if you want to be a, a masculine male, then surround yourself with people who are going to challenge you and call you out. Yeah, when you are, not and then lastly, trust confidently by growing internal fortitude. Get guts and show godly masculinity. In assertiveness, and that doesn't mean once again some, uh, you know, being where you're not supposed to be or inserting yourself into situations falsely assertive. Be assertive, not not abusive.
0: There's assertive. a difference, absolutely. Because ma- the masculinity we're talking about, and immediately leftists and secularists will say, "Well, you're." You're not going. You're going too far. You're encouraging men to be violent. I'm not encouraging no. any man to be violent. Now I will encourage you to be violent when it comes to defending your own life and defending that of your family. That's one thing. However, knowing uh, real manhood is knowing when when to bow up the chest That's and, right. and and when to because again we're talking this is a this is from a Christian worldview, so I don't have a problem saying this. Biblical manhood, we need to be Peacekeepers, yeah, not right. peacemakers. Peacemakers bow to whatever it takes to keep the peace. That's not what we're trying to do. Peacekeeper says, "I'll keep the peace when I." But if you want to get violent, then I'll take for for example. Would you define Christ as a peacemaker or a peacekeeper? I would define Christ as a peacekeeper because he doesn't bow. He, there There is a line. There is a standard. He does not cross yeah. that standard to make peace. Yeah. He keeps peace.
1: Yeah, I, I get that. I, I think, though,
0: that he does—and
1: I'm with you. You, you. you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It,
0: it can get nuanced.
1: Sure. I, I think he also—I think that there's an active side of that as yeah. well. It's, it's not just, well, we're here to go along, to get along. It's, mm-hmm. you know— And here's something that I'll say. I'll say two things here. One of the frustrating things that I see is when it comes to passivity, it's, well, you know, we'll just, we'll go along to get along. I don't see Jesus ever doing that. Never. Jesus knows what he believes. He knows why he believes what he believes. I mean, obviously, he's the. Which is himself. Yeah, he is God. I mean, he's he is the son of God. When yes, you
0: separate, but, when you separate that, you get into some weird progressive right. theology, yeah. and I have a podcast you can yeah. listen to about that.
1: Uh, he, but he is God,
0: yeah, and
1: so he knows, and, and he knows his job. Yep. He knows why to accomplish his father's business, to seek and to save the lost, mm-hmm. and he's not backing down on that. Correct. So much so that, I, and, and he knows. I, I mean, he knows the whole time. He is going to die a criminal's execution. And yet, he fixes his eyes on that job and that mission and says, I will literally charge the gates of hell to death. And... and The the
0: Apostles' Creed says he will... Yeah.
1: Yeah, and a couple (laughs) days later, I'm going to do something no one's ever done before. Nor will they ever do again. I'm going to... Well, I'm sorry. Let me not say a couple days later. That kind of threat. A few days later. There you go. A couple is two. Because Southern, we just do weird stuff. (laughs) Um, Three days later, he's going to rise from the grave. And 40 days after that, guess what? Beam me up, Scotty. Scotty. He's going back where he came
0: from. And is now standing. At the right hand of the throne of the Father. Standing. Standing. Ever pleading on your behalf. There's no passivity even now that he's at the right hand of the Father. He's standing there waiting to be told. Yeah. You can, co- you can go on back. And so if we look at Jesus as our
1: model, mm. um, as Jesus as our, you know, the one that we are supposed to fashion our lives after, it's <clears> clear <throat> to me that, and, and yes, Jesus, you know, I'm not getting into this whole thing of Jesus, you know, being married with children. He doesn't understand. Yes, I would, he does I would, because I would beg the, church, to differ. the church is the bride. right? So I would beg to differ. I would. Jesus has been cheated on more than say, anybody. I would say that Jesus
0: as God— Understands a whole lot, um, everything. You know,
1: <laughs> everything.
0: So, so they call that omniscient. He's all knowing.
1: <laughs> How about that? So as as God, Jesus understands what men are going through. He saw right. what men are going through in this moment. He saw. It's crazy to see this. He saw us doing this podcast, this show, and he saw you watching it. I'm speaking as in past tense uh, because you that moment is in the past, Right. Um, he sees all of it and knows all of it and is still moving forward to work his appointed end. The second thing I'll say a little more tongue-in-cheek is, and I'm trying to remember who said it, and I will not include the Scots in this, Okay. but I've never seen a warrior overtake a nation wearing a dress. Just leave it's that true. there.
0: So the need for biblical manhood is important. The need for biblical manhood is at an all time high. I think we can all agree on that. And so as we celebrate Father's Day, whether you are a father or not, um, I encourage you to and 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 just, if you have a pet, that doesn't count. Um, no fur babies allowed. No, none. Um, make sure that we make make sure that we take the time to honor fatherhood, good biblical fatherhood, this weekend, and um, that you purpose. I think it's important that men need to purpose themselves to become men of good character and men of courage and men of a biblical manhood standard, whatever that looks like for you and how you get there. Cause I think there's a standard for it. I don't yeah. think it's different for every person, whether it's, whether it's studying the life of Christ, which I think is important and that's the ultimate standard or whether you're looking at, at you know, I'm, I'm reading a book, how God makes men. Mm. Um, and, it, uh, the writer, uh, from man in the mirror ministries takes, mm-hmm. and I'm, Morley Patrick Morley takes ten men from Scripture, none of them Christ. Takes ten men from Scripture, and here are here are um, lessons that we learn in manhood from each of them: Abraham, Moses, Joseph, not in chronological order, uh, Job, yeah. Nehemiah, yeah. Uh, all of them, uh, Gideon, even for that matter, uh, and and how. Biblical manhood is is fashioned. Now, in regards to biblical manhood and good manhood, something uh, that just came out from Gallup. This is a Gallup poll. Social conservatism in the U.S. is the highest it's been in nearly a decade or over a decade. More Americans. This is from Gallup.com. More Americans this year say they are conservative. Very conservative or conservative on social issues than said so in 2022 and 2021. In 2021, those that said they are very conservative or conservative on social issues was 30%. It rose to 33% in 2022. This year, 2023, 38% say they are either very conservative or conservative on social issues. At the same time, the percentage of folks saying their social views are very liberal or liberal dipped. From 34% to 29% in each of the past two years, moderates still hold the ground at 31%. The last time this many Americans said they were socially conservative was 2012, during a period Mm -hmm. when consistently Mm -hmm. more U.S. adults identified as conservative rather than liberal on social issues. That was a 38-28 split. We can go back to 2009. In 2009, which is just after the election of yes, Barack, Barack Obama, Obama. Mm-hmm. 42% said they were right. either conservative or very conservative, and 25% said they were very liberal or liberal.
1: Uh, this this proves out
0: something that we on
1: um, the, the Palmetto Family Matters show have said over and over and over and over and over again, and that is that the political pendulum swings back and forth as people are in power. Mm-hmm. And so what you'll notice is, and if you track this, and I was I was at the numbers just a little bit, yep. you, if you track this, we become more socially liberal when... Um, there are Republicans in office because it is our nature as people contrarians be contrarians and argumentative
0: Nuh-uh. Uh, except for except for right after 911 yeah of course 911 stabilizes the highest though mitch the highest this goes for liberalism is 33 34 percent in 2022. Okay. It was almost a, a 50-50 split in twenty twenty two, and that
1: may be a knee jerk reaction to the end of the Trump administration, the J six stuff that keeps getting beat like a drum. One would argue that's um, a good point. And and as we are coming out of COVID, there's a yeah. natural knee jerk reaction to yep. uh, keep everyone safe. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> by the way, no, never mind. Don't do um, so I don't want to get banned I, from YouTube. Yeah, I think. Yeah, we just said that. Oh no. Mm-hmm. Um, well, well, we'll have a little this, tag on the we'll bottom. We'll see if this is here in a little bit. Uh, <laughs> sorry, uh, I think it's important for us to understand that through all of that, the political pendulum swings back and forth, sure. and we know, we know that you, as our listeners, maintain that consistent conservatism uh, throughout time. But it is behest to you and me and you to continually and you and you and you, and you to continually tell people about. What's happening now? This is social conservatism, so it's things like books in libraries, things like um, what's happening in a child's classrooms, um, pro-life issues, specific
0: transgender matters, yep. abortion, crime, yep. drug use, and the teaching of yep. gender and sexuality in schools. What's interesting, Mitch? I, I want to dive into these. We got a lot more to get to today, so I want to move quickly. Republicans show one of the largest increases. Sixty percent of Republicans in 2021 said they're either conservative or very conservative. Naturally. That's a problem. Shouldn't it be higher? A little bit. Uh, that ish. number is now 74%. Okay. Independence moved up 5%, 24 to 29%, but Democrats, there were no change. Only 10% of Democrats say they're conservative or very conservative. That was from 2021 to 2023. Okay. Cool. Changes in self-identification by age. In 2021, 50 to 64-year-olds, 35% said they were very conservative or conservative. In 2023 that number is now at 46% an 11 percentage point increase. Here's the big numbers. Yeah. It's in the younger demographic. Yeah. Because the age old political axiom is that 18 to about 35 you're liberal. Yeah. Once you get to 35 or a little bit before, you have a family, you have children, you get more conservative.
1: I think it was I think it was Winston Churchill who said if you're if you're conservative at eight, at 18 you're heartless and if you're a liberal at 80 you're brainless.
0: Yes, I think that was Churchill who said yeah. that. Um not me, Ch- Churchill. In 2021, 24% of those surveyed, 18 to 29 years old, said that they were conservative or very conservative. Mm-hmm. In 2023, that number is now 30%. That's a 6% yeah. increase. 30 to 49 that is very low. That was the lowest of anybody in 2021. Again, I think that is knee-jerk off of January 6th. 22% said that they were conservative or very conservative. In 2023, that number is now 35%. That's a 13-point increase. 50 to 64, the number increased by 11. For 65+, plus, that number actually went down by 1 from 43 to 42 with a 44 bump in 2022. So what we're seeing is that social conservatism is on the rise economic conservatism is on the rise as well. When Americans are asked to describe their views on economic issues, 44% identify as very conservative or conservative on economic issues, 33% consider themselves moderate, 21% consider themselves liberal or very liberal. The percentage saying that they are conservative averaged about 40% between 20 and 2022, and this number, 44%, is the largest since 2012 when it was 46%. Tea party movement. Being in Atlanta this
1: past week, God bless my wife. She had all three of our boys and the dog at home. Um, she calls one day, she and I won't say the store. She she we she's a bargain shopper, she's a bargain hunter. Um, and she goes to stores now, like we used to have to do in Saipan because you got to get the best deal at different places. Yes. Uh, and she calls somewhat apologetic. Uh you know, kind of like, hey, the grocery bill was really high like abnormally high. And of course, you know, everyone who has a family knows there are times when you go to the store to get a few things. And then there are times when you go to the store to get everything. And this was one of those everything times. And she told me the number. And I, my, my initial thought, Justin was this, that's not you. That's the economy under president Biden. Hello. That's where we are when you're paying, you know, I felt good seeing uh gas under two or under $3 and that shouldn't be, um, right. which I think that the national average is still well north of three and a quarter. Um, in South Carolina, we're paying uh, between three and three and a quarter. Um, that shouldn't be uh, when a carton of eggs is still north of $5. When a gallon of milk, I don't, I don't even know what a gallon of milk costs right now, but probably north of $3. Grocery bills are going up because that. Uh, of that, uh, your restaurant, people can't afford to eat out anymore. You know, if you've got children, you know, right. what it's like, uh, where are we going for dinner? It's like, we're not going anywhere. We're eating the leftovers. That, right. Yeah. I'm going to sandwich which, at home for which you, which is important and a part of fiscal conservatism and raising the next generation. I think that's important. But y- you can't treat people. The way you used to. And by treat, I mean like, hey, here's a treat. Um, right. Our treats now are like, hey, we're going to the gas station to get a, a, a slushie. Yeah. Know, that costs $400. Um, it, it is this big, but it, it still costs $400. Right. Um, you know, that's so naturally when people are smacked uh, with this, in so many ways, repressive uh, fiscal it, situation that we're in. They can't. They can't spend. Mm-hmm. Um, they become more conservative, and they're like, hey, right. why isn't there more money in my paycheck or in my pocketbook? And the answer is,
0: uh, Tell me about and,
1: it. And, and and President Biden has pretty much kept his word on the notion that he, uh, from the basement, talked about uh, when he said, I'm not going to tax the middle class. Now, that's true from a government perspective, but the regulations From the EPA uh, regulations when it comes to green energy.
0: They're taxes in theory. You didn't levy a tax on somebody, but you levied regulation that caused prices to go up for the company. They have to take that somewhere.
1: So, you know, Reagan trickle down economics and then all of the things that have been done over the past few years to set a uh, climate up for inflation and now coming stagflation. Uh, Hello. The tax on the middle class is here. It's it's a carton of eggs, it's a gallon of milk, it's gas to get to the store yeah. or take your kids to the ball game. That's that's where we are right
0: now. But what we're seeing, you mentioned climate. I want to get to climate. Uh-oh. Um what we're seeing now though we're is, we're seeing, again. is we're seeing is we're yeah, is we're seeing a rise in conservatism, both economic and social conservatism. That would lead me to believe that we will have a conservative president in 2024. Perhaps. Quote, unquote. <laughs> uh, we shall see. Number one, because who knows, might need to have some reason for massive mail-in balloting. Man, we are going to get pulled from YouTube today. <laughs> um, you never know what can happen. Saying but, all the things that... Saying all the things I'm not supposed to, yeah. uh, like Joe Biden says. Uh, so on. I'm going to get in trouble. Come on. While social conservatism and economic conservatism is on the rise, your president and commander-in-chief, my president and commander-in-chief... Joe Biden, who enjoys um, pride festivals on the White House lawn and uh, transgenders jiggling about shirtless oh, on the White House gracious. lawn. Um, mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Uh, he was speaking, he's speaking, <laughs> at a climate event, something, another. Um, and come to find out, we as the United States are moving ever closer to the greatest human achievement in infrastructure in the history of the world coliseum in rome get out of here leading tower of pisa get out of here great wall of china hit the bricks here's what president biden is doing for america and for the environment
1: well we're going to win and we're going to help we have plans to build a railroad from the pacific all the way across the indian ocean we have plans to build in in, in, in Angola,
0: one of the largest solar plants in the world. I can go on, but I'm not. I'm going off script. I'm going to get in trouble. Well, he's already in trouble. <laughs> can you President imagine- Biden is literally building a bridge to nowhere. Now, I will say with Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg at the helm, this bridge will not be racist at all. Can you imagine riding a train
1: all the way from the Pacific? Let's just call it San Diego to...
0: Across to the Indian Ocean. Across... I don't across even cross the Indian ocean,
1: <laughs> the Bay of Bengal. I am riding. it. Like, no, thank you. You
0: can't pull over to use the bathroom. How are you building that? Like, what? wait, this isn't happening. There we're is gonna... no plan to do this. This is the same kind of junk that he says uh, when I was driving and we were driving in Delaware and the oil slicks would hit the windshield. And that's why I have cancer. What? <laughs> it, it, this isn't happening. It's not real. Just, just, Jedi mind trick. It didn't happen. That's what the White House is going to try to do here. The president is literally saying we're going to build a bridge. We're going to build a train. First of all, you build the track, and then the train runs on the track. That's the point. We're point. Building the we're track. Building, we... We're building a train that will run from, like you said, from San Diego, San Diego, all the way to the Bay of Bengal. Like it, 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 it can't. Number one, it's impossible. It's not impossible. But... If it were possible, it'd have been done already. Come on. It's going to be a great, who, great train. Who, 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 the Trump administration is going to pull this and say, we'll actually do that.
1: And we, we will, how do you get people out there to build it? I want to see how many times you're going to have to have Pit like stop these in Hawaii. Draw, yeah, draw bridges for like, oh, there's a ship coming. And, and there's one of the Chinese spy it's tankers. An impasse. It's an impasse of a ship, like a Chinese ship and an American train going down. They'll just to India. ram the train. <laughs>
0: Knock it into the Pacific
1: Ocean. Now, now, the Pacific
0: Ocean is the largest ocean on planet Earth. Well, you know,
1: I mean, th- that we know of.
0: Now, for those of us who—for those of them who might believe that the Earth is flat, this might be easy to do. Oh, easily. Yeah. But—and and, and President Biden hasn't seen a globe in a long time. He Actually, he was there when Galileo discovered it. Um, the point is, <laughs> he's still trying to get used to the fact that the Earth—we're not, uh, you know, Earth-centric in the, in the universe— this is the one of the dumbest things he's ever said, and that's saying something. Because this, this is this is the same guy who said if you vote Karin for Trump Jean-Pierre, and
1: not in the words of Corinjopierre, just just
0: be kind to me. So, but but this is ranking like this is the same guy who said if you vote for Trump and you don't vote for me, then you're not black. This is the same guy who I can't even repeat some of the things he said it's because they're people, just they're. That's what, I was hiking the I was hiking in the Chinese foothills with President Xi Jinping. <laughs> It it doesn't make any sense. And this one specifically is insane. We continue. Here's more from President Biden. By
1: the way, there's a lot of threats our children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren are going to face. This is the only truly existential threat. It's the existential threat. If we don't meet the requirements that we're looking at, we're in real trouble.
0: It's really an existential threat, guys, because um, if you don't give us all your money and all the power— then we, we'll all die. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We, they told us that gas stoves were going to ban the gas stoves, and then we said you shouldn't ban the gas stoves. That's insane. And they said, we're not really going to do that, you crazy conservatives, you conspiracy theories. You, what are you doing? Hey, they're banning gas stoves. In New York. In New York. And Senator Secretary Granholm is still pushing for this because, because a gas stove, guys, I don't know if you know this, but there's so much... Natural gas going out from it that isn't heating the pot. It's excess natural gas. It's truly the only existential threat. My argument is the existential threat is having a combined IQ of seven in the office of the president and the vice president. Seven. Combined. He, he holds that seven. He holds, he holds six. Kamala holds one. It, there, there's There's very little that they know what to do with. This is the leader of the free mm. world now. This is the leader of the free world. I don't know. I do I have time. Here here's what when when you want to know about this, because you just had the president say we're building a train that runs across the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> what does she have to that think? That climate change is the truly only the true the true only existential threat to our existence, but I thought white supremacy was. And now former Secretary of State, Hillary Rodham Clinton. Twice failed presidential candidate. Both times she had the thing in the bag. By the way, two thousand eight, she was up on Barack Obama by thirty seven points. In twenty sixteen, everybody and their mother thought Hillary was going to win. She lost both times. She chokes more than the New York Mets. Ooh, that's saying she, that's saying something. Sorry, Hillary. She joined. <laughs> she joined Pod Save America. Now, Pod Save America, I'm not going to throw off on them. They're an opinion-based podcast by former Obama and Clinton staffers. Sure. She joined Pod Save America. Here's what Hillary has to say about the Biden candidacy in 2024. So I think that actually President Biden is uh, in a very strong position uh, to run a campaign that doesn't have to talk about him. But I think other Democrats should and other you know, concerned Americans should be asking hard questions. You want to talk about threading the needle? Is the guy, second of all is the guy wearing a dress or is that a blanket? Oh, those are those are camo, are those cargo, camo shorts. cargo shorts. Okay, um, just, dad shorts. They just didn't look. I, 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 it just looks like it's one piece of cloth right there. Yeah. Doesn't like it cuts into legs. Anyway, I l- also love. Does. I also love how over her left shoulder the word crooked is there. Crooked Hillary. That didn't. Uh, we didn't do that. Um, oh, yeah. But That's life imitate life imitates art. Um, so Hillary does thread the needle there. With well, but she does it with a piece of anchor rope through a small like threading needle. Well, I well, what she says isn't false. I mean, Joe Biden did win the presidency by staying in his basement. He's in, in a strong position to be weak. But but we just can't talk about the actual candidate. Cool. We can't talk about the actual candidate. I would like to talk about a few new candidates though. You know, if we just put a word over someone's shoulder Long enough, people will
1: believe it. So if we just put strong over his shoulder, people will believe it. If we just put crooked over hurt.
0: It'll never be over the same shoulder because he's always wandering about the stage, (laughs) shaking people's hands that aren't there. Two new Mm -hmm. presidential candidates have entered the fray since Mitch uh, went to Atlanta. We haven't had the chance to talk about either of these. There are two. Mm -hmm. I don't think either of them really have a shot. Well. No. Stop it. Okay. The first one definitely doesn't have a shot. Is he building a bridge? <laughs> New Jersey Governor <laughs> Chris, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, has announced that he is seeking the Republican nomination for President of the United it, States of these United like States. It, say it or tell, tell it, it like tell it, it is. Tell it like it is, which implies
1: during absolutely an, nothing.
0: During it, this is from the Independent in. The UK. During an appearance on Fox News on Wednesday, he was one of the few people that still watch Fox News. Mister Christie did not hold back when asked how he would differentiate himself on the debate stage. Uh, America news, America's newsroom host Bill Hemmer, who I have a lot of respect for, asked where they where the two disagree. Here's a quote: "He's a failure." He's a failed leader. We gave him a Republican House, a Republican Senate, and he failed, and he failed us by losing the House, by losing the Senate, and by turning the White House over to Joe Biden in the most liberal administration and ineffective administration since President Jimmy Carter. This ne- he doesn't care about the American people, Bill. He's putting himself first. And if you watch that speech yesterday at Bedminster where he was talking about America and the American people and their concerns and their needs, question mark, he concludes, This next administration, if Donald Trump is president, will be about retribution for him personally. Is that the show we want to watch? Is that the rerun of The Apprentice we want to watch? See, that's a tired line, Chris. Oh. That's a tired line, Mr. Governor. Because, what? You ran. Now, let's not forget you ran against him in 2016 and you were relegated to the end of the stage where all you could do is dis- is torpedo Marco Rubio's campaign in a suicide bomb mission, yeah. like a kamikaze.
1: Well... And, and I'll say this between this and Vice President Pence getting into the race and us talking about that. You know who's laughing all the way to the nomination right now? Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Because the more people <laughs> that get into this thing, the more likely he is. And, you, split and the the, and the Iowa, you split the, the field. in the Iowa poll from a week and a half ago proves that. Yes. Yeah, and, and, and I'm not saying it's, you know. It's not good or bad am he's not, a nominee.
0: I don't know I'm not saying. going
1: into that. But it, with the field, he's up by like 30. Head yeah. to head with the person who's in second, he's up by two. He's up by two. Yeah. So so the more people that get into this, the further he pulls away with the nomination.
0: At some point. Some of these will drop before the first primary. Maybe. maybe. Some of these won't make the debate stage.
1: True. Because there are certain thresholds. That, Unique donors. And, you know, uh, I know there are those like Vivek Ramaswamy who's proudly saying, I've made the debate stage, and he's going to hold the RNC to that. Um. So if he can make it, and, and I'm not picking on his who he is, but he's relatively unknown, and he's running
0: he's, he's running a strong campaign in South Carolina. And, and, yeah. He is. Wow. You know, I had somebody knock on my door from the Desantis campaign the other day. Fascinating. Already, already canvassing. Wow.
1: Yep. So the, I mean, welcome to South Carolina. We outswing our weight when it comes to national politics because we are the first in the South. Correct. Speaking of people who visited the first in the South, uh, he gave us. Pamela family his first remarks after leaving office as the vice president. Uh,
0: vice Pre- former vice president Mike Pence has also declared his run for presidency. I will say his is one of my favorite campaign logos. His is pretty seen, good. I haven't seen it. His is pretty good. Let me see if I can find it on here. It's not on this it's not on this article. But it's a good one. He joined Clay and Buck. Now okay. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton now host the 12 to 3 show on the radio that was Rush Limbaugh's spot. Um, yep. And it, it, it's Rush Limbaugh's time slot, and that's where his show was. And they're now hosting that. So they have one of the largest conservative radio shows in the country. It's syndicated on iHeartRadio and everything. Former Vice President Mike Pence joined their show. He called in, um, and it got spicy really? between them. Uh, this from Fox News. Ch- Ch- Clay Travis, who along with co host Buck Sexton have both said that the federal prosecution of Trump for mishandling classified documents is highly politicized, challenged Pence to directly answer if he would pardon Trump as a matter of principle. Now, Vivek Ramaswamy declared that he would pardon President Trump. Of oh, his charges. yeah.
1: And that's going to be some cute, kitschy little question that everyone asks because it's. But the way you answer it will matter.
0: Yes. This is Mike Pence's response. These are serious charges. I can't defend what's been alleged, but the president does deserve to make his defense. Now, all under this is a couple months ago, it came out that Mike Pence had documents. They all have documents. They all have documents. Again, they all have documents. This isn't new. That's the point. That's the point that most of us are making here, yeah. that none of this is new. All of this is it, – while it might not be right, it's certainly normal – Uh, Then Senator Biden had documents by the Corvette in a house that Hunter Biden rented from them. Um, Hillary Clinton had 30,000 emails scrubbed from a private server in her basement. I thought it was in the back of an Italian restaurant or something. Uh, Stop that. that. Okay. Um, So (laughs) you have all of this this going on, so they asked Mike Pence this question. Take the cannoli. Pence... Pence said the pardoning authority is an enormously important power for someone in an executive position, calling the idea of a pardon premature. Clay Travis responded, I think as a matter of principle, if you believe Donald Trump is being prosecuted to a large extent for political-based reasons, something that has never happened in the 240-plus year history of the United States, we're setting an awful precedent here. To me, what is gained by allowing Donald Trump to be put in prison in the event he was convicted? We lose infinitely more by not just taking a principled stand and saying as a matter of principle this shouldn't happen. With all due respect, when when you aren't telling us what your decision would be, I think you're dodging the question. And frankly, not stepping up on the front of leadership, which in the past you've been willing to do. To me, not answering this question is a no. That's what Clay Travis responds to him. Vice President Pence then responds, I don't think you know what the president's defense is, do you? Pence said we either believe in the judicial process or not, but Clay Travis cut in and said, quote, what I'm hearing is you're fine with Donald Trump being put in prison, sir. To which uh, he says that to me, since you were his vice president, feels pretty disrespectful. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it it, it, it got spicy. Now, what I will tell you is that... Vice President Pence is separating himself from Donald Trump on the life issue. And he's been pretty outspoken about Donald Trump's behavior on and after January 6, 2021. Read his book. Read his book. Yeah. I don't necessarily believe Mike Pence has a chance of being the nominee. I really don't believe anybody has a chance of being the nominee outside of maybe two in the Republican Party at this point, as it stands right now. I'm free to change my mind. I'm just basing it on the evidence. The point is we're seeing a line drawn. We haven't really gotten into the document thing because I don't really believe we need to. Um, I, I think everyone can see it for what it is. yeah. So there's really no need to discuss it. However, this is a major thing. The current sitting president's Department of Justice is going after his chief political rival on a charge that could be levied against him as well. It seems icky because it might be, and I think it is. I'm not castigating the former vice president for not answering this question. I don't believe, listen, he shouldn't have to go on record about a pardon. It doesn't make any sense. But when you're trying to differentiate yourself from President Trump, former President Trump, understand that you are isolating a large swath of the voter base. Yeah. I mean, the guy's polling at consistently 30 points higher than everybody else. Yeah.
1: You're not going to pull those people. I think the lesson to be learned here, if we extrapolate anything from this, um, this back mm-hmm. and forth between Travis and Pence is that, and this might seem tangential to the argument or mm-hmm. to the literally the argument between the two. Yeah, and they were arguing. The weaponization of the bureaucracy and the weaponization specifically of the DOJ is concerning, um, and they're using your tax dollars to do so yes that's the they are using your what is rightfully yours through your paycheck to come after people that they don't like and you know like him love him leave him president trump has often said you know they are coming after me and i'm standing in the way of them coming after you they're coming after you too I mean, eighty-seven thousand IRS agents, and by the way, all of the curbing that was done through this new, um, you know, fiscal responsibility stuff, and you know, limiting yeah. the debt and all of that. How many of those eighty-seven thousand agents or prospective eighty-seven thousand agents will not be hired?
0: Like three? Okay.
1: Uh, yeah, 80, three, three like they thousand. They're they're moving full steam ahead on those yeah. eighty-seven thousand IRS yeah. employees. Why? Why? Well, I mean, naturally, to collect tax dollars from whom? Sure. Uh, A lot of different people, including you. And my concern, and and I think it's a legitimate concern, is the weaponization of the federal government and the full weight of the power of the federal government. To persecute and prosecute political rivals. Yeah. Or those who just hold an opposing worldview. Right. Or a worldview at all. Yeah. So, you know, because I want go where the way that the wind blows, I am now going to be held accountable yeah. for those beliefs. And you know what? As we said at the top of the show, it's going to take real men and women to stand with courage, conviction, and faith
0: in the days ahead. And when you're doing that against political prosecution, persecution, or just simple persecution, prosecution, whatever it might be, it gets tough. Yeah. It gets very tough. We had a lot to cover today. Happy to welcome Mitch back into the fold. If you want to learn more about Palmetto Family, you can do that, palmettofamily.org. You can sign up for our email newsletter. We encourage you to do that. You can follow us on all social medias. We're there on the Facebooks, on the Twitters, on the Instagrams, wherever you peruse social media. We're not on TikTok because we don't want our information to the Chinese. Uh, you can also download the Palmetto Family Council app. There you can get all the information you need, connect with your legislators, as Senator Shane Massey talked about the other day. Reach out to them. They, they, they want to have a relationship with you, the people they represent. It makes it easier for you to discuss the issues that you that concern you with them, and they're typically more open to the people that you know talk to them frequently. And then finally, uh, we encourage you, if you're listening on the podcast feed, give us that five-star rating, review, subscribe to our channel. We really appreciate that. Facebook and YouTube do the same thing. Like, share it with your friends on YouTube. You can subscribe to the channel. That way you're notified with a little bell every time we have a new show up. We have a lot of exciting things coming up. Uh, we have a, we're have we going about maybe doing a new type of show in addition to this one, dealing specifically with, with pastors leaders. and faith leaders and talking about theology and doctrine and how it weaves its way into the Christian dealing with the culture as it stands right now. We're excited about that. We're expanding. I think I think I might call it Palmetto Family Radio at this point. If we have multiple shows, I think that's what you got to do. We're excited about that, and we think it's going to be a great thing. So if you have folks that you want to see join our show for an interview or whatever it might be, let us know. Email at palmettofamily.org is where you can do that. That's all the time we have today. We've gone long, but we appreciate you joining us on the fastest-growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters Show.